before we get into this message, um, <clears throat> I had a pretty good voice before praise. So. Uh, I just want to remind everyone, this is the second testimony of cancer healing we've had in the last three or four months. She's here? Yeah, actually, one of, one of them sitting over there right now. We laid hands on her a few, month, uh, few months ago. She's been... Okay. Um, and she was being treated by uh, Dr. Ruth, and Dr. Ruth brought her here for us to lay hands on her, too. And... Uh, so we're going to do this again. Dr. Ruth, will you please come up here? She, I'm going to, I'm going to make this quick because everybody knows how she is. Um, <laughs> I love you. She has actually uh, taken on a, a, a new patient, six years old, cancer that uh, the doctors, uh, traditional doctors have given up on. And uh, so she wants uh, a place that believes in prayer people that believe in healing uh, to agree with her that what she does works and prayer works more. Amen. Not taking anything away from you. Uh, so I'm going to ask my elders, Pastor uh, Ted, Pastor Dave, Pastor D, if you guys will come and join me. And we're just going to lay hands on her and we're going to start believing for this little boy right now. Oh, thank you, Lord. I want you all just go ahead and stretch your hands this way. We believe in healing. It is God's will to heal. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for doctors in this place. We thank you, Father. We thank you that you have given them the things that they need. And Father, we just speak into this young man right now in the name of Jesus. We declare health. We declare healing. We thank you that the treatments begin to work. We thank you that you turn things around right now in Jesus' name. Because what you did for one, you did for all. What you did for Tabitha, you'll do it again. Again, Lord and we thank you father now in Jesus name in Jesus name we thank you Lord we thank you Lord hallelujah hallelujah yay thank you Jesus hallelujah thank you guys you want to are we ready why do we do resolutions <laughs> Seriously, why do we do them? <laughs> to, to what? Say that again, Matt. To better ourselves. So please understand that in this series, you're going to hear things that may make you mad. I don't know. Um, but how many of you know that's a good thing? That's one thing I like about Galen over here. He, he says it all the time. He said, man, if, if preaching don't make me mad or upset me a little bit, he wonders if it even helped him. <laughs> so uh, I like that. So we started this series for the new year called I Quit. And, um, there, and last week, what did we look at? We quit what? Making excuses. If we're going to get anywhere in our lives, we've got to quit making excuses. And we looked at the, the examples of people in the Bible who made excuses to God for doing what they were doing. Well, today, uh, we're going to go on to another uh, thing that we need to quit doing to better our lives. And uh, 
I want to ask you real quick because today is January the 8th. When are most resolutions broken? By the 12th. They did a study. Most New Year's resolutions are broken by the 12th. I think I got to the second this year, Rachel. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Bob says him too. Um, and so let's jump in here because a lot of times, a lot of us don't think about the subject we're going to talk about today. The children of Israel, here's their background they were they they were they got out of Egypt. Moses led them out of Egypt. They were led by a cloud during the day that protected them, and a fire at night. They they walked up to a sea. Moses stretched forth his rod, his staff over the sea. The the sea parted. They walked across on dry ground. And I don't know about y'all, but that's called provision. Uh, they were united in baptism in that cloud. Uh, they ate manna every day. Every day they had food. They, uh, they, got, they drank from a rock. <laughs> Everything that they did, they were cared for by God. And yet, they were still fond of displeasing Him. They, they still found themselves, as we looked at last week, worshiping false gods. Uh, then their worship okay, turned into an orgy. Okay, I mean, and in that day, 23,000, would it 23,000, Pastor Ted, died in this worship that they partook of. And, and it, so they, they tested the Lord. And then another, when, when they began to test him, then snakes came out of the, out of the woodwork. And all they had to do was look at a brazen serpent. But God always provided for them. Ryan, that's a whole lot like me, man. Every time I turn around, God's always providing for me. He's doing something. Isn't it funny? We'll take and hear miracles like this. We'll hear, hear of healings. And we're all pumped and we're excited. And then all of a sudden, something doesn't go right. And we find ourselves just like the children of Israel. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Everybody say, I know he really loves me. All right. <laughs> neither, the idolat neither be idolaters, as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. Neither let us commit sexual immorality as some of them committed when 23,000 fell in one day, neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Wait, wait, don't go yet. Y'all, you ready? All right, I just want to make sure everybody's ready for this next verse. Hold on to your seats. Neither murmur, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happen to them for examples that are written, they are written as an admonition for us upon whom the end of the ages has come. Now, if you don't know what murmur means, say that again, Zena. Grumbling, 
We call it complaining. <laughs> Go back to verse 10, Bobby. So neither complain as some of them complained because what does complaining do? They were destroyed by the destroyer. Just keep looking straight ahead. Nobody knows I'm talking about you. Neither complain. Now, I don't know if you're a complainer in here or not. I'm sure I've got one or two. I had to look in the mirror for this myself. Because we are a lot like the children of Israel. He feeds us. He clothes us. He does all this stuff. He heals us. He's, he's made ways where there seem to be no ways. And yet, I can still find something to complain about. He likened complaining, Brent, to sexual immorality. He likened complaining into just arguing with God. He likened complaining to all of the, to, he likened complaining to idolatry. Complaining is the ultimate idolatry. It's the worship of self. How's it the worship of self? Because I'm not getting it my way. Come over here, let's see if it works better on this side. Because I'm not getting my way. It's the ultimate of putting myself in the front. And so when I complain, what am I saying is, I don't like it because it's not the way I want it. Come on. Most things in life isn't the way I want it. So if we're going to better ourselves, then today we're going to add complaining to our things to quit. Well, at least I'm going to try my best. All right? What does the word complain mean? Look at this dictionary. It means to utter expressions of grief or lament, to utter expressions of disapproval or resentment, to murmur, to find fault, to charge, to accuse of an offense. Mm. When I'm complaining, I'm accusing someone that they offended me. Then some of us are really brave, Phyllis, and we complain to God. What are we doing? We're bringing accusation. Now we got quiet. We're bringing accusation against God by complaining, my life isn't what I want it to be. Man, doesn't that sound a whole lot like what happened years ago in a garden somewhere? <laughs> Well, eat that fruit, you'll be just like God. Problem was, they already were like God. But because they felt they were lacking in something, even though he put them in a garden, they didn't even sweat. I'm sitting in this room right now being envious of that. Um, they didn't sweat. They, they, everything was provided for them. Everything just came. The children of Israel... Everything just came. They got up in the morning, went out, collected their manna. If they got real thirsty, God provided a rock to pour out water for them. And yet they still complained. What about my life, Renee? What can I look at my life and, and see what's going on in my life? And, what, and how do I find myself still complaining? It's pretty sad. To present accusation against a, a, a person... Uh, to a proper officer. 
How many times have we heard the Lord tell us to do something? And we start giving him every excuse from last week. And then when we're in it and it's not what we, what we want it to be. Because, you know, I'm self-centered that way. And I go, God, man, you're really doing this wrong. I would never tell God that. We tell God that all the time. Every time I start complaining, Jody, Maisie, every time we start complaining, I'm letting God know, hey, you're doing this wrong. I've got a better handle on my life than you do. I believe I know how to fix this thing, Brenda. You know, God, just come along with me. I'll teach you a thing or two. Uh, I would never say that to God. Then why do we complain to him? Because to complain means that we're bringing accusation against him. What we're doing was we're actually expressing resentment. Come on, everybody. It's okay. We're, it's actually expressing resentment to him for the way things are. And we complain about everything. Go to Numbers chapter 11. It's okay. Remember, this is, get, this is making us better, Tanya. This is making us better. Numbers chapter 11. I want to read out of the message. Well, the message is not a translation. It's a paraphrase. I know that. Who cares? Um, (laughs) Listen to how the message puts this. The people fell into grumbling over their hard life. You know, getting up and having food ready for you. Listen, I am the most spoiled man on the planet. I'm going to tell you right now. My mama spoiled me. My wife spoils me, and I still find myself this way, just like them. And so the people fell into grumbling over their hard life. God heard, and when he heard, his anger flared. Man, it's quiet in here. We got visitors. Sorry, you all had to hear it this way. Uh, Come back again. It gets better. Our complaining actually can anger God. Well, God doesn't get angry. Yes, he does. Everybody does. Well, I I have an anger problem. Guess what? That's because God put that in you. You've got to learn to control that. Come on. It's not a sin. He says be angry, but sin not. But their complaining, Pastor Ted, actually began to flare up God's anger. Just because God's angry doesn't mean he doesn't love you either. I get angry at my children. That doesn't mean I don't love them. So the people cried for help to Moses. Oh, wait, let's finish that. And when he heard his anger flared, then fire blazed up and burned the outer boundaries of the camp. Thank God for grace. (laughs) And they named the place. Oh, let's go verse 2. And the people cried out for help to Moses. Moses prayed to God and the fire died down. We could talk about the purpose of a leader at some other time. You need to study that. Get you in trouble on it. And they named the place Tabera, which means to blaze, because fire from God blazed up against them. <laughs> I, I, this is why I love the message. The riffraff among the people had a craving, and soon they had the people of Israel whining. 
Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't like whining. Evidently, God doesn't either. It, it burned anger up in him. <laughs> Listen at this. And they were, whining, the people of Israel whining, why can't we have meat? It wasn't enough that the, the, there's, there's everything they needed from day to day was provided. But it wasn't what they wanted. That's like me walking into my kitchen, opening up the refrigerator, looking up and down at everything's there and closing it. We have nothing to eat. <laughs> well, there's this, this, and this. I've had that. For some reason, it's not satisfying me anymore. So, D, it's your fault because you haven't gone to the store and got the things that I like. So self-centered to me. <laughs> and so they said, why can't we have meat? Verse 5, we ate fish in Egypt. Now look what their complaining did. They were talking about how much better it was in bondage than the freedom that they now experience having all their needs met every day. They said, we had fish in Egypt. <laughs> And we got it free. Yeah, it only cost you taskmasters. It only cost you whippings. It only cost you making bricks out of mud. It only cost you building pyramids. That's what they do in Egypt, right? It only cost you so much work. But they said, no, it was free. <laughs> to say nothing of the cucumbers and the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But nothing tastes good out here. All we get is manna, manna, manna. Man, listen. Sorry, Maisie. If you've been a parent of a teenager, this sounds real familiar. If you're the God of Brent Belcher, this probably sounds real familiar too. Because I don't know how many times I come to him and I say, God, I'm telling you, if I just had it this way, my life would be but how many times, do, if I get it my way, do I know what the results of my... Let me tell you, last time I did things my way, I, prob I got it wrong. <laughs> I know I got it wrong. He said, all we get is manna, manna, manna. Now look at what manna was, though. Manna was a seed like resin with shiny... Uh, a seed like substance with a shiny appearance like resin. And the people went around collecting it on the ground between the, uh, and ground it, sorry, between stones and pounded it into fine mortar. And they boiled it in a pot and shaped it into cakes. And it tasted like a delicacy cooked in olive oil. There's one scripture that says it tasted like honey. And if you say, I don't like honey, then it probably didn't taste like honey to them. Because see, look at, look at Dee's face. But here's the thing, it tasted good like a delicacy, like something you don't get every day. And they had it by the bushelfuls. And yet they still complained. How good has God been to us in our lives? You know, everybody knows I was a substance abuse counselor for 14, 15 years. One of the things that I would do with my patients is I would tell them to go home and get a notebook. And I want them to show me what they're thankful for. 
They said, well, I don't have anything to be thankful for. I've lost this, I've lost that. And just like, you know, the nature of addiction is. And I said, no, here's what, how I want you to do it. I want you to take it, and when you look, get up in the morning, look around your room. I've got a bed. I can be thankful for a bed. I've got a roof over my head. I can be thankful for that. Open your closet. And I said, don't write down clothes. I want you to write down every article of clothing. I got a green shirt and a blue shirt and a red shirt and a yellow shirt. and uh, Oh, here's another blue shirt and another green shirt and another yellow shirt. And there's another blue shirt and a red shirt. You get my point? Then it was brown. Bob likes brown. And then go and say, okay, how many, I see, how many pairs of socks do you have? How many pairs of underwear do you have? Walk in, oh look, there's a refrigerator that I could not have. I open it up, well there's nothing in it. Yeah, there is. Look, right there is a blue cheese jar of blue cheese stuffed olives. I'm thankful for those. I bought some last night. Um, but if we would take an inventory of our lives, of down to that minuscule of a thing, and every time we go complain, somebody would just say, look at this book. How many pages in this book are you lacking in anything? And you would dare accuse God of not taking care of you? And the people went around collecting it, boiled it, takes it like a delicacy, verse 9. And when the dew, <coughs> and when dew fell on the camp, <coughs> strong water. And when the dew fell on the camp at night, the manna was right there with it. And Moses heard the whining. <coughs> Moses heard the whining. All those families whining in front of their tents. God's anger blazed up. Moses saw that the things were in a bad way. Philippians chapter 2. Folks, I have, Andrea, nothing to complain about. Whatsoever. Nothing. But why do I do it, Pastor Dave? Why do I find myself complaining? Well, I don't like the songs the praise team sung. Hey, God, if you would have put it on somebody's heart the right way, rather than let the leaders lead, I would have had a better experience during worship. Oh. Well, if Pastor would have preached it a different way, well, that was, that was good, Pastor Ted, but I would have went this way. Would you now? Except for the fact that you're the one that's not called. Come on. We all fall into this complaining thing. And I believe if, God, if we're going to be what God wants us to be, it's time to quit. Well, I can't help it when I see things wrong. Heads up. You ready? Next week, we're going to talk about being critical. Time to quit some things. 
You know why? Because God wants us to grow up. If we're going to be a place that's expecting signs, wonders, and miracles, then we're going to have to be a people who understand that God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory, and I have nothing to complain about, I have nothing to criticize about, and if it doesn't go my way, oh well. The funny things we worship. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For God is one working in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. So what is God doing in your life right now? His will and his good pleasure. And Rachel, when I start complaining about the things in my life, I am complaining against the will of God and I'm complaining about what brings him pleasure. Yeah, but I'm sick or I'm dealing with this and I'm dealing with this. Well, praise God. He gave us a way out of that. He said, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He gave us Christian doctors. We've got a few in here right now. You know? He gave us men and women that hopefully before they put their hands on me, they're praying before that, then that day starts. God gave, God gave them to us. <laughs> How can I complain? And then sometimes... He gives us a whole group of people that when we get bad news, all we have to do is walk in on a Wednesday night, tore up, and have people lay hands on us <laughs> just to get a phone call that says your cancer's gone. But I tell you, <laughs> but I tell you, I will find something. Why? Because I am so self-centered. Everybody good? All right. For God is the one he both to do his will and his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. Do all things without complaining. So what am I supposed to do? All things. What am I not supposed to do, Jody? Complain. I hope we're inventorying ourselves right now. This will change your life. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. Why? What happens if I don't complain and I don't dispute? There's no argument with me. He says, then you'll be blameless, harmless, sons of God, without fault. So you mean if I complain, he finds fault with me? Well, if I don't complain, I'm without fault. Only, only bears to re, uh, understand that if I do complain, then I am at fault. <laughs> Still good? All right. I know you are. <laughs> that you may be blameless and harmless, sons of God, without fault, in the midst of a crooked and, crooked, crooked and perverse generation, in which you shine as lights in the world. Imagine if we could eliminate complaining from our lives. And I walk before God completely blameless, completely harmless, and without fault. It's just his pleasure. I don't have to worry about him raising up anger, operating in that. 
But we what we complain about is everything we don't have control over. The weather. How many in here have control over the weather? But we sure complaining about it. I would just want to be happy. Well, one thing you want to be happy, decide you're going to quit complaining about everything. There's, I've never seen a happy complainer. Never. Oh, they may have times of laughter, and, but it's going to be short-lived because they're going to find something to complain about. And they just ain't happy no more. And I just don't know why I can't be happy. I'm looking for the joy of the Lord, but I can't find the joy of the Lord. I tell you, but do you know what's going on in my life? I don't have this and I don't have that. And I don't, they did this and they did that. I don't like the way pastor does this. I don't like the way they do that. I, I, I and there's no joy. Well, why ain't there no joy? Because I'm, fine, I'm, I'm, I'm doing things that are completely against the will of God. Mm. We complain about how things are ran at work. And unless you're the boss, guess what you can do to help that? Nothing. Nothing. Teenagers complain about every decision their parents make. We complain about our boss. We complain about the church. And the differences in this kind of complaining... I mean, what is the difference between this kind of complaining and what the children of Israel did? But the children of Israel, according to what we read, was there as an example for us. Perry, I just, I just want to be happy, man. So I try not to complain. Do I do it right, Darren? No, not at all. Do I fall into complaining? Yep, guarantee it. But guess what? I'm working on it. So what's next for you and I? I've got to remember that complaining is an attitude that God warns us not to develop. God warns us. We read the scriptures in the beginning. What's next for me is I have to realize that complaining only satisfies one part of my life. My flesh. That's dead. Died with Christ. Why do we keep trying to resurrect this thing? Because we're self-centered. Why do we get... And, and, and yes, the word says there is pleasure in sin for how long? And there's some satisfaction in complaining. But it's only momentary. <laughs> I was going through... Uh, we left praise and worship practice Friday evening. I got right over here, right in front of People's Bank, and I'm looking off the road, me and Reese is talking, and all of a sudden, these right behind me, and I hit my brakes because standing in Wheeling Avenue was a deer. Not walking, just, just, he was just there. What did I do? I complained about a deer. He didn't know what was going on. He had no clue. Dee said she saw his friend over on the bank parking lot waiting on him. So, you know, I'm just there and here's this deer. And so I go, see, we find ourselves complaining over things that we have no control over. And all of a sudden, when I start complaining, all this joy just disappears. Why? Because now I'm in a place where God can find fault with me. 
Mm. So what are we going to do? This is why this is called I quit. Go to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10.10. 10. 1 Corinthians 10.10 10 says, Neither murmur, yep, neither complain, as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. God puts my complaining right in the same place. Jump back to Numbers 11. We're almost there. We'll quit. Listen, this, this can sound really harsh, but I believe that if we can get a hold on some of these things, it will lead us into a happier life. And I know everybody, nobody here is opposed to that. Hebrews 11, look at verse 11. I'm reading out the message again. Numbers, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Moses said to God, why are you treating me this way? What did I ever do to you to deserve this? Now, this is why I like the message. Because he puts it the same way I put it to God. What did I ever do, God, to deserve this? <laughs> he said, did I conceive them? Who's he talking about? The children, the whiny children of Israel. The ones who had all their needs met. The ones who had everything they wanted. And he said, listen, why did I do to deserve it? He said, I didn't give birth to this people. He said, was I their mother? So why dump the responsibility of this people on me? Well, man, that sounds a whole lot like me sometimes. God, I didn't ask for this. Oh. Why tell me to carry them around like a nursing mother? Well, carry them all the way through to the land you promised them, their ancestors. Where am I supposed to get meat for all these people who are whining to me? Give us meat. We want meat. I can't, now look what he says, I can't do this all by myself. It's too much. All of these people, if this is how you intend to treat me, do me a favor and kill me. I love the message. Because he writes it, I'm sure. I, I, listen, we looked at how, much, how many excuses Moses gave last week. He is just being honest here. He's saying, God, just take me. I don't care. Just kill me. My life stinks. This is awful. God, why? We find ourselves falling into this complaining mode. Hmm. He said, I've seen enough, I've had enough, let me out of here. <laughs> and here's what most of us do to defend our complaining. And this is, might be what you're saying in yourself right now. I wouldn't complain if they wouldn't do it that way. I wouldn't complain but right is right for you, self-centered. I haven't called you a witch yet. You know I called a whole church full of witches one time. 
I, I did. We was teaching on rebellion. The word says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And I looked at all of them and said, bunch of witches. <laughs> so I haven't called you that. I'm just warning you about complaining. We said, I wouldn't complain, but this just isn't right. Everybody, how about this one? It's not complaining when they're wrong. How do you know they're wrong? Well, they're not doing it my way. Come on. Well, bottom line, complaining attitude is yours. It's always my, your complaining. Well, I have an opinion, and I have my right to give it. Do you? Do you? Come with me. Complaining? He says it's the same as sexual sin, the same as idolatry. All this stuff. Yeah, you have the right to sin, but you don't have to because it inflames some things. It brings some things. <laughs> and remember, why should we complain? Everything we want. Write a book. Get, go home today. I challenge all of us. Get a big book because you're going to need it. I mean, really, you're going to need it. I want, you, I want us to go so far of saying, I not only have a pair of boots. I want you to write it down. I have a left. This is my right. I have a right. And I have a left. I'll take my socks off. I have a left one. and Did it again. I have a right one and a left one. Well, yeah, but it's a pair. They're only one for you. Because I guarantee you there's someone out there who would love to have just one of yours. I look around this room, know most of the faces. I guarantee there's somebody who would like one of your brown pants. Folks, we have nothing to complain about. Complaining should never be a part of our life. Go to Philippians, and we're going to close here. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. I'm going to read it out of the Passion. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases Him. Mm -hmm. live a cheerful life without complaining or division among yourself cheer joy is a choice you can choose to be unhappy or you can choose to be happy yeah but everything didn't go my way welcome to the earth Everything don't go a lot of our ways. And if it, even if I complained about it, Deb, it probably wouldn't anyhow. So he tells me here, live a cheerful life. Well, how can I live a cheerful life? It's my choice. It's my choice. Without complaining or division among yourselves. 
for then you'll be, you'll be seen as innocent. When I quit complaining, I live a cheerful life, I will be seen as innocent, faultless, and pure children of God, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture. For you will appear among them as shining lights in the universe. Verse 16, offering to them the words of eternal life. So here's the thing. I quit. Last week we looked at it, I quit making excuses. How many of you, don't, don't raise your hands because I don't want you lying to me. Uh, how many of us has actually went home? I know last week I, I've, I've met with several people and they're like, man, this is hard uh, to not make excuses. <laughs> oh, I ate a piece of pecan pie last night. I wanted it. No excuse. They gave it to me free. You got to eat that. <laughs> I challenge you to take these messages and see what it does to your life. Just first, let's stop making excuses. Own it. And then I challenge you. No complaining. Just for a week. Next week, we'll, we'll try something new. And we'll see if our life is not moving in a better place. I promise you, you'll find yourself happy. You know why? If I'm not complaining, I'm just living in the moment. I'm alive. Here I am. So I challenge you to add to the not making excuses, add to no complaints. No, no complaints. And see what God does in our lives. I promise you, something new, something exquisite, something joyful. Let's pray.